Section 25, Volume 5 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eva Easton. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 5, Section 25, 453rd through 456th Night. When it was the 453rd night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the damsel enumerated the benefits of cupping, quoth the doctor, what is the best time for cupping? One should be cupped on the spittle, that is, in the morning before eating, for this fortifieth the wit and the memory. It is reported of the prophet that when any one complained to him of a pain in the head or legs, he would bid him be cupped, and after cupping not eat salt food, fasting, for it engendereth scurvy. Neither eat sour things as curded milk immediately after cupping. Question. When is cupping to be avoided? On Sabbaths or Saturdays and Wednesdays. And let him who is cupped on these days blame none but himself. Moreover, one should not be cupped in very hot weather nor in very cold weather and the best season for cupping is springtide. Quoth the doctor, Now tell me of carnal copulation. Hereupon Tawadud hung her head, for shame and confusion, before the caliph's majesty, then said, By Allah, O commander of the faithful, it is not that I am at fault, but that I am ashamed, though indeed the answer is on the edge of my tongue said the caliph speak o damsel whereupon said she copulation hath in it many and exceeding virtues and praiseworthy qualities amongst which are that it lighteneth the body full of black bile and calmeth the heat of love and induceth affection and dilateth the heart and dispelleth the sadness of solitude and the excess of it is more harmful in summer and autumn than in spring and winter. Question. What are its good effects? It banisheth trouble and disquiet, calmeth love and wrath, and is good for ulcers, especially in a cold and dry humor. On the other hand, excess of it weakeneth the sight and engendereth pains in the legs and head and back. And beware, beware of carnal connection with old women, for they are deadly. Quoth the Imam Ali, whose face Allah honor, four things kill and ruin the body. Entering the Haman on a full stomach, eating salt food, copulation on a plethora of blood, and lying with an ailing woman, for she will weaken thy strength and infect thy frame with sickness, and an old woman is deadly poison. 
and quoth one of them, Beware of taking an old woman to wife, though she be richer in hoards than Karun. Question. What is the best copulation? If the woman be tender of years, comely of shape, fair of face, swelling of breast and of noble race, she will add to thee strength and health of body, and let her be even as saith a certain poet describing her. Seeing thy looks, what's she what thou desirest, by inspiration wants nor word nor sign, and when thou dost behold her rarest grace, the charms of every garden canst decline. Question. At what time is copulation good? If by night, after food digested, and if by day, after the morning meal. Question. What are the most excellent fruits? Pomegranate and citron. Question. Which is the most excellent of vegetables? Endive. Question. Which of sweet-scented flowers? Rose and violet. Question. How is the seed of man secreted? There is in man a vein which feedeth all the other veins. Now water is collected from the three hundred and sixty veins, and, in the form of red blood, entereth the left testicle, where it is decocted, by the heat of temperament inherent in the son of Adam, into a thick white liquid, whose odor is as that of the palm spathe. Question. What flying thing is it that emitteth seed and menstruateth? The flitter-mouse, that is, the bat. Question. What is that which, when confined and shut out from the air, liveth, and when let out to smell the air, dieth? The fish. Question. What serpent layeth eggs? The suban, or dragon. With this the physician waxed weary with much questioning, and held his peace, when Thawadud said to the caliph, O commander of the faithful, he hath questioned me till he is tired out, and now I will ask him one question, which if he answer not, I will take his clothes as lawful prize. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the four hundred and fifty-fourth night, she continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the damsel said to the commander of the faithful, Verily he hath questioned me till he is tired out, and now I will ask him one question, which, if he answer not, I will take his clothes as lawful prize, the caliph cried, Ask on. So quoth she to the physician, What is that thing which resembleth the earth in roundness, whose resting place and whose spine are hidden from men's eyes, little of price and estimation, narrow of chest, and shackled as to throat, though it be nor runaway slave, nor pestilent thief, thrust through and through, 
though not in fray, and wounded, though not in fight. Time eateth its vigour, and water wasteth it away. Now it is beaten without blemish, and then made to serve without stint. United after separation, submissive, but not to him who caresseth it, pregnant without child in belly, drooping, yet not leaning on its side, becoming dirty, yet purifying itself, cleaving to its fear, yet changing, copulating without a yard, wrestling without arms, resting and taking its ease, bitten, yet not crying out, now more complacent than a cup companion, and then more troublesome than summer heat, leaving its mate by night, and embracing her by day, and having its abode in the corners of the mansions of the noble. The physician was silent a while in perplexity, and his color changed, and he bowed his head, and made no reply. Whereupon she said to him, Ho, sir doctor, speak or doff thy dress. At this he rose and said, O commander of the faithful, bear witness against me that this damsel is more learned than I in medicine and what else, and that I cannot cope with her. And he put off his clothes and fled forth. Quoth the caliph to Tawadud, Re us thy riddle. And she replied, O commander of the faithful, it is the button and the button loop. Then she undertook the astronomers, and said, Let him of you who is an astronomer rise and come forward. So the astronomer advanced and sat down before her. And when she saw him, she laughed and said, Art thou the astronomer, the mathematician, the scribe? Yes, answered he. Quoth she, Ask of what thou wilt. Success resteth with Allah. So he said, Tell me of the sun and its rising and setting. And she replied, Know that the sun riseth from the shadows in the eastern hemisphere, and setteth in the shadows of the western. And each hemisphere compriseth one hundred and eighty degrees. Quoth Allah Almighty, I swear by the Lord of the east and of the west. And again, He it is who hath ordained the sun to shine by day, and the moon for a light by night, and hath appointed her station, that ye might know the number of years and the computation of time. The moon is sultan of the night, and the sun sultan of the day, and they vie with each other in their courses, and follow without overtaking each other. Quoth Almighty Allah, It is not expedient that the sun overtake the moon in her course, Neither doth the night outstrip the day, but each of these luminaries moveth in a peculiar orbit. Question. When the day cometh, what becometh of the night? And what of the day when the night cometh? 
He causeth the night to enter in upon the day, and he causeth the day to enter in upon the night. Question. Enumerate to me the mansions of the moon. They number eight and twenty, to wit. Sharatan, Butain, Suraya, Dabaran, Haka, Hana, Zira, Nasrach, Tarf, Jaba, Zubra, Sarfa, Awa, Simak, Kafar, Supani, Iklil, Kalb, Shaula, Naam, Balda, Saad al Zabih, Saad al Bula, Saad al Saud, Saad al Akbia, Fark, the former, and Fark, the latter, and Risha'a. They are disposed in the order of the letters of the Abjad Hawas or older alphabet, according to their numerical power, and in them are secret virtues which none knoweth save Allah, extolled and exalted be He, and established in science. They are divided among the twelve signs of the zodiac, two mansions and a third of a mansion to each sign. Thus, Sharatan, Bhutan, and one-third of Suraya belong to Aries. The other two-thirds of Suraya, the Baran, and two-thirds of Hakka, to Taurus. The other third of Hakka, Hana, and Zira, to Gemini. Nasrach, Tarf, and a third of Jaba, to Cancer. The other two-thirds of Jaba, Zubrach, and two-thirds of Sarfa to Leo. The other third of Sarfa, Awa, Simak, to Virgo. Gafar, Subani, and one-third of Iklil, to Libra. The other two-thirds of Iklil, Kalb, and two-thirds of Shala, to Scorpio. The other third of Shala, Naim, and Balda, to Sagittarius. Sa'ad al-Zabih, Sa'ad al-Bula, and one-third of Sa'ad al-Saud, to Capricorn. The other two-thirds of Sa'ad al-Saud, Sa'ad al-Akbiya, and two-thirds of Farq, the former, to Aquarius. The other third of Farq, the former, Farq, the latter, and Risha, to Pisces. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the four hundred and fifty-fifth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the damsel enumerated the mansions and distributed them into their signs, the astronomer said, Thou hast replied aright. Now tell me of the planets and their natures also of their sojourn in the zodiacal signs, their aspects, auspicious and sinister, their houses, ascendants and descendants. She answered, The sitting is narrow for so large a matter, but I will say as much as I can. Now the planets number seven, 
which are the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. The sun, hot, dry, sinister in conjunction, favorable in opposition, abideth thirty days in each sign. The moon, cold, moist, and favorable of aspect, tarrieth in each sign two days and a third of another day. Mercury is of a mixed nature, favorable in conjunction with the favorable, and sinister in conjunction with the sinister aspects, and abideth in each sign seventeen days and a half day. Venus, temperate and favorable, abideth in each sign five and twenty days. Mars is sinister, and woneth in each sign ten months. Jupiter is auspicious, and abideth in each sign a year. Saturn, cold, dry, and sinister, tarrieth in each sign thirty months. The house of the sun is Leo. Her ascendant is Aries, and her descendant Aquarius. The moon's house is Cancer, his ascendant Taurus, his descendant Scorpio, and his sinister aspect Capricorn. Saturn's house is Capricorn Aquarius, his ascendant Libra, his descendant Aries, and his sinister aspects Cancer and Leo. Jupiter's house is Pisces Sagittarius, his ascendant Cancer, his descendant Capricorn, and his sinister aspects Gemini and Leo. Venus's house is Taurus, her ascendant Pisces, her descendant Libra, and her sinister aspects Aries and Scorpio. Mercury's house is Gemini Virgo, his ascendant Virgo, his descendant Pisces, and his sinister aspect Taurus. Mars' house is Aries Scorpio, his ascendant Capricorn, his descendant Cancer, and his sinister aspect Libra. Now when the astronomers saw her acuteness and comprehensive learning, and heard her fair answers, he bethought him for a slight to confound her before the commander of the faithful, and said to her, O damsel, tell me, will rain fall this month? At this she bowed her head and pondered so long that the caliph thought her at a loss for an answer, and the astronomer said to her, Why dost thou not speak? Quoth she, I will not speak except the commander of the faithful give me leave. So the caliph laughed and said, How so? Cried she, I would have thee give me a sword, that I may strike off his head, for he is an infidel, an agnostic, an atheist. At this loud laughed the caliph, and those about him laughed. And she continued, O astronomer, there are five things that none knoweth save Allah Almighty. And she repeated the verset, I, Allah, with him is the knowledge of the hour, and he causeth the rain to descend at his own appointed time, and he knoweth what is in the wombs of females. 
but no soul knoweth what it shall have gotten on the morrow neither woteth any soul in what land it shall die verily allah is knowing informed of all quoth the astronomer thou hast said well and i by allah thought only to try thee rejoined she know that the almanac makers have certain signs and tokens referring to the planets and constellations relative to the coming in of the year and folk have learned something by experience question what be that each day hath a planet that ruleth it so if the first day in the year fall on first day sunday that day is the sun's and this portendeth though allah alone is all-knowing oppression of kings and sultans and governors and much miasma and lack of rain and that people will be in great tumult and the grain crop will be good except lentils which will perish and the vines will rot and flax will be dear and wheat cheap from the beginning of tuba to the end of barmahat and in this year there will be much fighting among kings and there shall be great plenty of good in this year but allah is all-knowing question what if the first day fall on second day monday that day belongeth to the moon and portendeth righteousness in administrators and officials and that it will be a year of much rain and grain crops will be good but linseed will decay and wheat will be cheap in the month kiak also the plague will rage and the sheep and goats will die grapes will be plentiful and honey scarce and cotton cheap and allah is omniscient and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the four hundred and fifty-sixth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that when the damsel ended her notice of second day the astronomer said to her now tell me what will occur if new year's day fall on third day tuesday she replied this is mars day and portendeth death of great men and much destruction and deluge of blood and dearness of grain lack of rain and scarcity of fish which will anon be in excess and anon fail lentils and honey in this year will be cheap and linseed dear and only barley will thrive to the exception of all other cereals great will be the fighting among kings and death will be in the blood and there will be much mortality among asses question what if it fall on fourth day that is mercury's day and portendeth great tumult among the folk and much enmity and though rains be moderate rotting of some of the green crops also that there will be sore mortality among cattle and young children and much fighting by sea that wheat will be dear from barmuda to misra and other grains cheap thunder and lightning will abound and honey will be dear palm trees will thrive and bear abundantly and flax and cotton will be plentiful while radishes and onions will be dear 
but Allah is all-knowing. Question. What if it fall on fifth day? That is Jupiter's day, and portendeth equity in wazirs, and righteousness in kazis and fakirs, and the ministers of religion, and that good will be plentiful. Rains and fruit and trees and grain will abound, and flax, cotton, honey, grapes, and fish be cheap, and Allah is omniscient. Question. What if it fall on meeting day or Friday? That day appertaineth to Venus, and portendeth oppression in the chiefs of the jinn, and talk of forgery and backbiting. There will be much dew, the autumn crops will be good in the land, and there will be cheapness in one town and not in another. Ungraciousness will be rife by land and sea, linseed will be dear, also wheat in Hatur, but cheap in Amshir. Honey will be dear, and grapes and watermelons will rot, and Allah is omniscient. Question. What if it fall on the Sabbath, Saturday? That is Saturn's day, and portendeth the preferment of slaves and Greeks, and those in whom there is no good, neither in their neighborhood. There will be great drought and dearth. Clouds will abound, and death will be rife among the sons of Adam, and woe to the people of Egypt and Syria from the oppression of the Sultan and failure of blessing upon the green crops, and rotting of grain. And Allah is all-knowing. Now with this the astronomer hung his head very low, and she said to him, O astronomer, I will ask thee one question, which if thou answer not, I will take thy clothes. Ask, replied he. Quoth she, Where is Saturn's dwelling-place? And he answered, in the seventh heaven. Question. And that of Jupiter? In the sixth heaven. Question. And that of Mars? In the fifth heaven. Question. And that of the sun? In the fourth heaven. Question. And that of Venus? In the third heaven. Question. And that of Mercury? in the second heaven. Question. And that of the moon, in the first heaven. Quoth she, Well answered, but I have one more question to ask thee. And quoth he, Ask. Accordingly she said, Now tell me concerning the stars, into how many parts are they divided? But he was silent and answered nothing. And she cried to him, Put off thy clothes. So he doffed them, and she took them, after which the caliph said to her, Tell us the answer to thy question. She replied, O commander of the faithful, the stars are divided into three parts, whereof one-third is hung in the sky of the earth, as it were lamps to give light to the earth, and a part is used to shoot the demons withal, when they draw near by stealth to listen to the talk in heaven. Quoth Allah Almighty, 
Verily, we have dight the sky of the earth with the adornment of the stars, and have appointed them for projectiles against every rebellious Satan. And a third part is hung in air to illuminate the seas, and give light to what is therein. Quoth the astronomer, I have one more question to ask, which if she answer, I will avow myself beaten. Say on, answered she. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 25 Recording by Eva Easton, Slotesburg, New York, May 2011